In episode 65 of the Whiskey and Things podcast, we are sampling a couple of exclusive single malt, single cask bottlings from the Whiskey Exchange. An Aaron 24-year-old and an Edgerdale 11-year. And if we're going to talk about the Whiskey Exchange, there's only one person to talk to, and that's their very own Billy Abbott, who's going to share his whiskey wisdom with us and tell us all about these wonderful whiskies. As always, you can find some more whiskey-based content, images, videos, and all that fun stuff on all our social media platforms at Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to give us a rating or review where possible and subscribe on that very podcast platform that you are listening. It means the show will be delivered to you every week with a bow. You're listening to Whiskey and Things with Nick Kent and Dave Giles. Welcome to episode 65. I am Dave Giles, I think. And I'm Nick Kent, everyone. Uh, <laughs> welcome to our podcast. <laughs> you right there. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Nick, I don't know if you know this, but today, as we record it, it's June the 14th. It's National Bourbon Day. It is National Bourbon Day. I was going to ask if you want a little toast of bourbon, but I don't know if you've got any to hand. I have. It's um, all in the other room, and yeah, we press I'll, record now, so that's a bit of a pain yeah, in the bum. But you go ahead, Nick, go ahead. I'm gonna have a little bit of uh, Buffalo Trace. Oh, very there. nice, very nice. Because it was there. It so was cheers. right there. Happy yeah, cheers. Uh, well, uh, National Bourbon Day, I think, in the US. Um, okay. So not International Bourbon Day. No, National, National Bourbon Day, Bourbon Day. <laughs> for Americans. In the US. <laughs> in nice. the US nice. Yes. Anyway, but, we've had uh, a couple of weeks off from each other. Uh, mm. There have been pre-recorded shows the last couple of weeks, so this feels, it feels nice being back doing this, Nick. Not gonna lie. It was nice. I felt refreshed. I felt yeah. refreshed. Um, yeah. I don't know whether it was in the interview, but I did ask Billy Abbott uh, earlier on, but later on for everyone who's listening, um, if he ever gets whiskey fatigue and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and he goes into it a little bit. But I got it a little bit. I was a little bit whiskeyed out. So I needed a couple of weeks off. Just uh, it was been nice. It's been nice. It has but been. But now nice. I'm now I'm like full on like yeah. Let's get let's, let's get, get going. going. Let's get cracking. And this is yeah. the perfect start in my opinion. So we just spent an hour and a half with Billy Abbott from the Whiskey Exchange, and we had three different whiskies, two of which we're going to talk about today, and one is a Patreon extra. Uh, it's a whole bonus podcast just for Patreons. Video, if you're over there, on video on our yeah. on our website. But that, Nick, let's just let's just get going with this interview because it it was so much fun talking with Billy. It was. Let's do it. Billy Abbott, welcome back to Whiskey and Things. How are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing all right. Slightly slightly warm, as I think everybody in the UK is today. It is roasting. <laughs> Yes, it's been it's busy times since I last saw you guys. So, yes, uh, yeah, we're going to uh, talk about fun that. Times. Yeah, so yeah, before we start talking about how busy you've been and why we haven't been able to get you on the show for a while, um, let's pour our first dram. Which one do you want to start with today? We've been lucky enough for you to send us like three, doing two in the show, and we're doing a special Patreon exclusive video afterwards. But um, out of the Aaron and the Adrador, which one do you want to start with? I reckon we should start with the Adrador. Um, it is slightly less over the top um i sent you basically <laughs> the uh the, the, the i'll we'll talk about later on that's a uh sort of slightly softer sort of i think these other two are a little, both a little bit of a beast so they both look like treacle by the way but uh you know not that thick obviously but uh color wise yeah anyway we'll talk about that in a little they, bit they also have some texture i do believe is the the official tasting word texture. Used, yeah mm. i love that it's oh, weird because I, I saw our friends and New Dry and Drinker do a review on the um, on the Liars. I saw that, yeah. Whiskey, yeah. 
and it reminded me that when we when we tried that that this the, the non-alcoholic whiskey um it just has no texture and yeah. i think that was what i missed and that's the word i don't think we 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 had in our vocabulary at that point nick there's no mouthfeel yes. no mouthfeel exactly anyway yes. billy while we Hello. while we sip on this let's uh Last yeah. time we saw you was our Christmas episode, which is crazy. It One was, of yeah, them. episode 37. Yeah, you were giving us tips on uh, whiskey, whiskey gifts for Christmas. Yes, yeah, yeah. Because I, I sort of think about it, I go, Christmas, oh, that, that was only the other day, really, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, like, I know. No, that was six months ago now. Wow, <laughs> yes. how about that? There we go, that'll yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. That's a while back. Uh, the, uh, the whiskey exchange has been a particularly busy place. Um, people keep on buying booze, it seems. Yeah, who knew? Who so, knew? Uh, who knows why? No, uh, you guys <laughs> came along to our whiskey show last year. Since then, we've had an old and rare whiskey show weekend rather than a sort of like big long thing. We've had a cognac show. We've got a rum show coming up. We've got another whiskey show coming up. We've got a champagne show coming up. So all these sort of different things in, you know, behind the scenes being organised uh, as well as load of new, fantastic, interesting, exclusive things, including these whiskies we're trying, some other bits and pieces, some fun projects which I'll hopefully talk about in a bit. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's just been been running around and also going back into the office every now and again, which has been very exciting. Oh, yeah. Seeing, yeah. seeing people. Yes. I like my desk here. My desk here is nice. We're surrounded by bottles. Well, I guess you are in the, in the whiskey exchange as well. Yeah, but, but my, uh, my chair's comfier here. <laughs> Well, let's talk about. Hang on, hang on. Just before, before you before you crack on there, I got yeah. I got one question about what he just mentioned. Okay. Do you feel the name the Whiskey Exchange sometimes is misleading? Bearing in mind you do things like the Champagne Show and the Rum Show and all those kind of things. Is that a hindrance ever to what you're doing? Well, so if you would like to do a podcast entirely on my thoughts about the name of the company I work for, <laughs> I, I can quite happily fill several hours and have done speaking to the boss on occasion. Now, it's, again, it comes out of the history of the company. You know, 20 years ago when we started, um, Sikinder and Rajbir were guys who focused on whiskey to start with. You know, Sikinder's a whiskey collector. Rajbir's a, a guy who you know likes all different drinks. And they decided to focus on whiskey to start with, but very, very quickly they they shifted off that. You know, within a within a few months, I think Rajbir was driving a van around London, picking up every single case of cheap champagne he could to sell <laughs> on to, uh, to to bars to sort of make their make margins. Um, but no, at the moment, I think it's the ten thousand products we have on the website at any point in time. About ten thousand, sometimes a little bit above, sometimes a little bit below. We sort of settled on that as a number where that's a very, very silly number, but it's not too silly. About half of that, any point in time, is whiskey, and the other half of it is other stuff. And nice. so, we spend a large amount of time saying, "Oh yeah, we're the whiskey exchange. Here, try this. It's rum. Here, try this. It's tequila. <laughs> try this. It's wine." Our, our head buyer, Dawn Davis, um, she came to us from Selfridges, where she was the buyer for all of their booze. Mm. And before that, she was a sommelier, so she's a master of wine. You know, one of the three hundred and fifty odd, whatever it is, uh, sort of highly qualified wine people in the world. And so she spends most of her time drinking wine and telling everybody that gin's awful. So, you know, we, we within the company, we have Sekinder, who's a big whiskey fan, rum fan, cognac and armiac fan, Dawn, who specialises in wine, but also likes all the other things, apart from gin, apart which will tell you at great length. Oh, yeah. There's an interview with her out there somewhere at the moment, which I'm fairly certain is mainly her saying that she hates gin. Then you have, you know, other folks within the company, we have tequila experts, we have um, weird cane spirit experts and mezcal experts. You know, people who just recover pretty much everything under the sun. I saw your advert the other day advertising a job for buying old and rare casks, wasn't it? Old, old and rare bottles, yeah. It's, oh, bottles. It is one of the most ridiculous jobs in the whiskey industry. 
<laughs> it is something which is not suitable for pretty much every human being on the planet. There's a very, very small number of people who will be able to do this job and will be able to fit into the, the way the job works. But it's basically to work with um, Sekinder, the whiskey half, the logistics half, and the guy who looks after the old and rare side of our, our website. So to work with one of the brothers to buy old and rare stuff because we sell old and rare stuff. And so the job is to basically find old and rare stuff and manage auctions at the same time as learning how to spot the stuff we're meant to from one of the, you know, the best people in the industry at doing that. It is the hardest job in the company, I think. A friend of mine's doing it at the moment. And we, we pretty much have to sit him down every now and again. Are you all right? Are you hanging in there? Okay, <laughs> off you go again. But no, it, it really is. It's, it's one of the most high-pressure jobs I've, I, I know of, but it's an incredible job as well. It's a place where you learn so much about mm. stuff so quickly. Um, but yeah, I've had a lot of people ask me about that job. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I was tempted yeah. to look at it, to be honest, but I'm up in Manchester now. So, you know, <laughs> oh. Dave's well up for it. He told me Dave's well up for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel old and rare, too. so uh, I, feel, <laughs> I feel in that in that regards, I'm I'm I tick one box, maybe. Uh, um, that's how I like a, my steak, actually. I, I know, oh. I know, I'm I, I keep jumping in here, but I feel this is relevant because Nick went on a driving day last week, and I got advertised, or it was just on your usual. It might have just been on your whiskey exchange feed, which I obviously follow. Um, a wonderful gin. It was only because you mentioned gin that I'm doing this called. Uh, engine gin, and it's in the ca- it's in the style of a can of engine oil, oh, and cool. and it looks just like that. And it's like obviously a fo- uh, aiming for the Father's Day market. It's um it looks amazing. Uh, Nick, you should get some. I think you'd like it. I, I think it might be an exclusive to us. It's one of those really? ones that the the bosses saw it and said we're having that. Yes, um, they they both also might quite like cars, and um, yeah, no, it's it's. it's it's been an almost ongoing joke. We've been trying to get it in for ages. And so yeah, every single sort of meeting we have, you know, our weekly, how are we doing with things? It's like, a, is Engine Gin here yet? No. And all of a sudden it was, <laughs> is Engine Gin here yet? Yes, it is. Oh, God, we've got to do something with it now. <laughs> so, and Father's Day turns up. Perfect timing. Oh, how about that? No, but it's yeah. great stuff from my here. I've not had a chance. We've we got all these, um, the Engine Gin canisters, you know, the cans all over the office. I didn't realise they were a product. I thought they were just sort of like, you know, sort of testers for a product. Then all of a sudden it, it all made sense why we just have these cans of gin all over the place. Yeah. I've been told it's very, very good. I need to steal some next time I'm in the office. Sorry. Um, do, do some tasting notes <laughs> next time I'm in the office. Yeah, I definitely had to do a double take because I didn't know what it was at first. I thought it was a joke. And I was like, oh, no, actually, oh, it's actually gin. Ah, amazing. Anyway, Nick, you had a question and I've jumped across you twice. So so let's let's start, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> 10 minutes we're, in. We're, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into why we, uh, how busy you've been and you know, why we couldn't get you on for a while because you've written the book. Let's start with, apparently a few books we've got to talk about today. Let's talk, let's start with your one because let's face it, it's the most important, isn't it? Absolutely. Oh, obviously, you know, it, it, um, yeah. No, uh, it's, it's a, bit of a, a bit of a weird one. Um, I was commissioned to write a book for the British Library as part of a, a series they're doing called The Philosophy of Things. So they reprinted a while back a book called The Philosophy of Beards, which I think is like an 1880s treatise all about why uh, beards are great. I haven't read it yet. I heard it. <laughs> it came up on all things, the uh, No Such Thing as a Fish podcast last week, in which they sort of said it's a very, very strange book all about beards. It's like, brilliant. I really should have bought it by now. <laughs> yeah. But it was so popular that they decided to do commission some new books about a philosophy of other things that aren't quite so weird as having a philosophy of beards. So they've got cheese and beer and coffee, uh, gin, whiskey. And so, uh, yeah, they. Uh, 
um, through some various well, for a friend of mine, I, I got in contact with the British Library and they said, would you write us a book? It is basically a ladybird book on on, on whiskey. It, it's not the most in-depth treatise on, on uh, the spirit you'll ever see. But it's, uh, but yeah, if someone asked me to write a book for them, I'm not going to say no. Absolutely. And, but not uh, the British Library as well. It's such an esteemed establishment as, as the British Library. I'm quite, I'm quite surprised by the whole thing, although I am increasingly certain that it will literally just be a book that's on the little spinny rack by the uh, by the checkout in the British Library gift shop. But it's on Amazon and all the other bookshops. So oh, there we go. Yeah. But no, I, I delivered it a little while back. I'm just waiting for the, uh, the corrections to come through. But yeah, so The Philosophy of Whiskey, it should be out on the 14th of October, available from all good booksellers near you. Um, and it's going to have loads of really great illustrations from the British Library archive in there. So they've oh, gone through nice. and they pulled out all of their sort of like things around booze they can fit into it and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing those as well amazing oh this sounds that sounds like an incredible project you must be uh, when that came through that must have been a good day for you sitting there getting that email that's got to be one of those like hmm i like my job it, it was one of those sort of days i'm sitting there thinking they've given me very very short amount of time to write not a very long <laughs> book but you know this is the longest sort of like you know, i've never written a book before so the longest chunk of sustained writing i've done and they've given me a few weeks that wait a minute oh i've not been able to take any holiday from work this year oh now i can take a load of holiday yeah, so i took, I took all my <laughs> remaining holiday for the year and uh, wrote a book which was so quite a nice. holiday from whiskey to write about whiskey <laughs> yeah well do you ever get whiskey burnout um, well, that's the reason why I do lots of stuff that isn't whiskey. You know, the, the Whiskey Exchange lets me do all these different things. And, you know, last year, was it last year? Yes, it was last year. Beginning of last year, I took a load of holiday to go to Japan and learn all about Japanese spirits. Nice. And, and also just wander around and eat a lot of noodles. But the mm. ostensible reason was to learn about spirits. So, yeah. It, I know what you mean, though. The, the whiskey burnout thing does occasionally happen. But then I go and find a load of other stuff in my cabinet for a week. And they come back and go, oh, yeah, whiskey. <laughs> It's nice, it's I remember it's, that. It's pretty good. You're listening to Whiskey and Things. You mentioned as well, well there's another book coming out as well. A Whiskey yeah. Exchange book, is that right? So the Whiskey Exchange um, have uh, got together with a guy called Nick Morgan, who you may have heard of before. He used to be the head of whiskey outreach at Diageo, um, sometimes referred to by uh, the Whiskey Sponge, uh, excellent uh, satirical whiskey blogger as Diageo's Human Shield. <laughs> was rolled out every time anybody had complaints. But Nick has been uh, sort of doing stuff with whiskey. He set up the Diageo archive, you know, years and years ago when he first started. He was a historian. Uh, I think he was lecturing at Glasgow University. Um, but anyway, and they picked him up to go and do some work on a, an archive. He accidentally became a marketing person from that and then ended up sort of leading a lot of their whiskey things over the years. He's just retired after writing a book about Johnny Walker and we snapped him up and he's written a book called Everything You Need to Know About Whiskey But Too Afraid to Ask, which is uh, the Nick and the Whiskey Exchange's book all about the wonders of whiskey. Uh, and that comes out in, I think, late August, but it appears everywhere in September. But I think the Whiskey Exchange got a little bit of an exclusive on it because it is our book yeah. um, <laughs> at the end of August. And it's a little bit longer than my book. Um, I've had a read of it and uh, sort of had a look through. And it is both geeky and informative and also written by somebody who's worked in the whiskey industry for a long time and has opinions. So it's, mm. if you're somebody who knows a bit about whiskey, it's not necessarily a, a beginner's book. You know, it's not like absolute from basics, but it's a book which tells you what's going on. And uh, uh I'm suspecting a, a number of people are going to be slightly shocked. A number of people are going to be pleased. Um, it's that sort of book. So, yeah, it's definitely worth a read. It's going to be a conversation starter either way. 
Yeah, I'll, uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Nick, <laughs> Nick knows exactly what he's done. Um, he's very, very pleased to sort of put together a book which is going to cause people to have a chat about certain things, as well as being, he's not a man who's ever been afraid to be controversial. Um, and let's just say, if you uh, if you have opinions on Tawar and whiskey, um, this book oh. will either annoy you, well, actually probably annoy you, whatever your opinion is on that thing. Um, but yeah, that's exactly what Nick's gone for here. It's a it's really interesting book, thought-provoking, and definitely makes you think a little bit about the world of whiskey in different ways. So Waterford comes up, does it? Uh, not by name. He's okay. very, very good. <laughs> many, many companies do not come up by name. Uh, Waterford does, because Mark Rainier, uh, the guy from Waterford, um, founder, and Nick Morgan have a uh, an ongoing, um, a feud isn't the word, a fundamental disagreement on all things in the entirety of life might be <laughs> sort of closer to it. Right. So, oh, uh, I'd love to be in a room with both of them two. Let's get both <laughs> in the morning, Dave. Both oh, yes. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, a few years ago, uh, the Worshipful Company of Distillers, the uh, delivery company who looks after um, spirits uh, down here in London, um, they do a debate every year. And one year they did a, is there to our in whiskey debate between Nick Morgan and Mark Rainier. I couldn't make it. I was away, and I, I'm still to this day upset that nobody recorded it because I've been told it was um, oh, interesting. The ringside seats for that incendiary. Yeah. But uh, the, the book is really quite. Nick is actually, to spoiler it, um, actually quite complimentary about Mark. Right. Ah. At the same time as disagreeing with every single Everything thing he, he says, says. Which, is, which is my, my yeah. stance as well on Mark Rainier. Well, Mark Rainier, but, is, but, yeah, he's the most passionate man I've ever kind of watched about that oh. subject. You know? I, I've, I've, I've spoken to him about it. I've done sort of tastings with him at the whiskey show last year. I, I led all the water for the stuff and spent a large amount of time trying to stop Mark from jumping down a rabbit hole where he could just rant for an hour, which yeah. um, his staff were doing as well, as far as I could tell. But no, he is somebody who I generally don't agree with, Mark. Um, I don't agree with a lot of the stuff he says. I don't agree with his opinions on lots of things. But I really like that he's around doing cool things and I wouldn't yeah. want him to stop. You know, he's, he's not necessarily hurting people. I don't think he's necessarily doing anything wrong. I just don't necessarily agree with him. But I do like the way that he, get, he tells people about it. And yeah, he, yeah. he's annoyingly charismatic. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark, if you ever hear this, I mean, all of these are, are beautiful compliments, even though no, you I, are wrong. I, I think I think that's that's come across exactly as you intended it to. Yeah, okay. But yeah, this book sounds interesting, you know, and... and the fact it's a conversation starter makes sense when it's called everything you want to ask, but you're too afraid to kind of thing. It, it yeah. actually lives up to it to to its billing in that sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it covers loads and loads of stuff. It's, it's basically it covers everything you normally find in a whiskey book. So like, a little bit about the history of whiskey, especially Scotch whiskey, because Nick is a, a historian of Scotch whiskey. Yeah. Followed by a little bit about you know overseas whiskies around the world and the economics of whiskey, and then the community whiskey community. It was quite weird writing my own book and then going to proofread this book and going. Nick and I have said very similar things, but he's written, <laughs> he's had a lot more space to write about it than me. Yes. Um, but everything about it, Nick is not your average whiskey writer. He's come from a very different background to most of the folks. And this is just a slightly, you read it and go, oh, no, that's not really the way I was talked about that. I can see where he's coming from. And it's just a different look. And it's a, it's a really interesting book. And I, re I really enjoyed reading it. I got very annoyed at certain bits of it. And I said, we should change that. And people just told me, no, stop being stupid. Of course, I'm going to change things just because you don't like him. <laughs> so, um, but no, then I went back and read it. And it is, as I say, it's a thought provoking one. It's going to start conversations at the same time as it's going to, uh, you know, I think show people a different side of the whiskey world. And of course, both these books will be out in time for Christmas. So that, that nicely links to uh, 
the last time you came on the show. <laughs> yeah. I knew seamless, I'd be seamless yes, segues. I, I know, I know, I know. I did a good job there. I did a great yeah. job. Um, so there, there's another thing that I've seen the Whiskey Exchanger doing, um, which I believe you've been working on, Billy, and that's this 20 whiskies that changed the world set. Yeah, so this, this is straight from... Uh, the brains of the boss, you know, the, the idea came up of we want to try and do some whiskey sets. You know, people have advent calendars and stuff like that. Advent calendars, it's just basically a bunch of whiskey in a box. So you get a different thing every day. We didn't really I want something that. like that. We, I loved it. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to do that an advent calendar. Yeah, I, I'd quite happily great. smash an advent calendar yeah, or two yeah, in my yeah. time. <laughs> but having a set which is more cohesive and hangs together. And so yeah. we said, right, we want to do a set which is that sort of size. We want to build something with it. And so Sakuna's been working... Um, in the industry for about 30 some years now but the last 20 years have really seen massive changes so he wanted to look at the last 20 years with the whiskey and also we then went back even further we found whiskies that are influential that have been around for longer so it's the past few decades is the way i'm now talking about it but it's really stuff that's come to prominence in the 21st century and cho- choosing 20 whiskies which has defined where we are now seeing where we were and how we've got to where we are and it's these 20 whiskies that Sakinda sort of selected to really sort of show that path. Um, my involvement was is that I, I my job was to translate the things in Sakinda's head into things that other people could then read and understand. Right. Yeah. And so I sat there and you know he and I discussed all these different whiskies and worked out why he felt they were meant to be in there and what the important things about the different whiskies were. Um, so there's a book that comes with the set. It's a big big blue box, big purpley box. Uh, with a drawer full of whiskies in it and 20 different samples, uh, a couple of uh, glasses and a uh, a very pretty book, which, uh, um, oh yes, this doesn't help because this is a podcast, but the guys who can see me, it's my pretty book. Oh, that's very, very pretty. pretty book. Yeah, doesn't help anybody else, but hey, you know, I can post. <laughs> no, it's been put together entirely by our in-house team. So all the design is by our uh, um, creative director, uh, Raj Chavda. I did the words for the book and our in-house videography team, um, her name is Joe. Um, filmed me and Sakinda talking about all of the whiskies. Because we divide them into four uh, four different flights, so putting them apart of different sections of the whiskey world. We didn't want people to sit there and just have to smash their way through 20 whiskies. You have five, four flights of five, so you can just dip in and try different ones, or you can sit down and do a flight of them. And we've recorded videos talking about each of the whiskies, why they're there, why they're important, to go along with the book as well. And also talking about each of the different flights and what those different aspects of whiskey. So we have like um, uh, Whiskey Revolution, talking about sort of general changes. We have uh, The Magic of the Cask, all about cask maturation and things people have been doing with that. Um, Pete Makes the World Go Around, which is all about smoke nice. and whiskey, which is something yeah. that surprisingly wasn't that popular until a few years back. Right. Um, and um, the final one is um, The New World, and that is all about new countries making whiskey and the advancement of... Uh, you know, changes over the past 20 years about how whiskey no longer comes from just Scotland and Ireland and America. Um, we've got a load of American whiskies in there as well because it's the the rise of American whiskey has pushed other people. We've got some Japanese stuff and some Indian stuff in there as well. Right. So, yeah, it's a set which is, you know, really put together to sort of push the ideas around whiskey and try and give an education. And, yes, yeah, the education part, which I'm all about. My, my official job title is... Um, content and training manager i do believe um but that sounds yeah. really boring and nobody really understands what it is which is the reason why i really why i got ambassador my whiskey on my uh business cards but yeah so um 
it's all about cool education, set. all about teaching yeah. people, and all about giving people a chance to learn about whiskies, but also to hear what Sikinder says. Yeah, you know, he is somebody who's worked with these things since a lot of them. We're doing the video. My my, my prompt is so Sikinder. You're at the launch of this, so uh, and you know talking about things like Talisker 18 and Monkey Shoulder and all these things which are now fixtures. You know, Compass Box Hedonism. It's like, yeah, well, John Glazer came round to see me because he only only. You know, his warehouse is just around the corner. So he just sold his first bottles in and came to see me and show me what it was like to make sure I wanted to take it as well. You know, it's, it's that sort of thing. He was there at the beginning for so much of it. Nice. So it's hearing those early days, hearing the development and hearing his thoughts on why things have been successful and why they've shaped things the way they are now. So the whiskey's good. The book's pretty good. I would say <laughs> yeah, that. Some, there's some great drams in there for sure. Oh yeah, just looking at that, really nice. I think what's good about it, looking at this guy, I I just pulled it up myself. Looking at it is, there's a lot of whiskey that people are going to recognise in that as well, which and stuff that people can easily get, uh, not just from the whiskey exchange, but from yeah. supermarkets. So they can yeah. have a try of some of these things and then go, oh, I saw, I had that in that set. And there it is on the shelf in Tesco as well. So it's not just the the super uber rich whiskeys is it it's accessible accessible whiskeys which i think uh really really makes this set quite wonderful there's a blanton's gold in there i don't know how oh, easy to find there, out there, there are a few little bits of pieces in there to, <laughs> oh you know rewards, of course you know. yeah of I'm course just, yeah, but, no, no, yeah, yeah 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 but no it's, it's all about the reason why those whiskeys are in the supermarkets the reason why you see them everywhere is because they've done something they've made yeah. their name and those are the sorts of whiskeys we're going to pick up you know we, we have everything from um johnny walker blue label through to Optimal 10-year-old. Optimal 10-year-old yeah. is, you know, a not particularly well-known whiskey in the in the wider world, whereas Johnny mm. Blue is the standard gifting unit for corporate America. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's one of those sort of things we try and cover all the different bits and just show lots of different aspects and little bits of history you may not have known about. You know, there's a whole chunk of stuff there uh, in the book and in our videos about the history of Blanton's, which I didn't know about until Sakinda said, this is why Blanton's is important. Mm. It's like, Wow. I didn't know that that influenced a lot more than I thought. Yeah. So it, it was a really, um, really big project. It took ages, you know, writing a, a book. That's two books I've written now. Well done me. Um, but yeah, the uh, the book is almost as big as my my actual book I wrote, which is going on <laughs> as a book on its own. But um, we then recorded, you know, a few hours of video, which takes a long time to do. Yeah. And just trying to make this whole thing so it's a beautiful set for people to both receive, but also to experience after the fact. You know, we wanted to have a whole experience, uh, experiential element to it. So it's, yeah, it's a it's a thing of wonder. I, we are all very, we're all surprised. It's one of those situations when you make something and you go, oh, "This is good." Yeah, I've other people like it. And then people say, "This is really good," and you go, "Oh, thank God for that." We knew it was good. <laughs> we're, we're glad that you agree and have gone slightly beyond what we said. So we're we're really pleased with the uh, reaction so far. Yeah, cool. and the fact it comes with the, the glasses and and the, the package looks incredible. I, I currently have uh, my desktop background on my computer is the uh, the background of the pack um, because I like it quite a lot. Yes, um, it it looks it looks good. It looks pucker. And actually, sorry, did I just say pucker? I yeah. apologise to to Billy. I apologise to Nick, and I apologise to all our listeners. Uh, I'm really ashamed of myself. Anyway, it looks about great. Pies here, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's, it's actually um, pretty good value as well for this I set. That, I yeah. think that it's it's what it's yeah. uh, so it's up for 160 pounds, which for 20 samples of whiskey and a book and as you said, all the video content that goes along with it and the educational side of it 
and the glasses. That's good value in my yeah. mind. And there's, as you said, like yes, there are some what I I said were standard whiskies, like uh, Monkey Shoulder, for example. You've also got, as Nick said, you've got things like Blanton's Gold in there, which is a bit harder to find. So yeah. actually, yeah. it's pretty good value. And a McKellen 18 in there, which is... Yeah, yeah which uh, we're, not, we're not entirely certain how the boss keeps on getting his McKellen 18. I'm fairly certain he's got some uh, compromising photographs of somebody at Edmonton, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which he just mentions every now and again. No, it's, it's been, that's been a, a properly long project. You know, I, I wrote the book back at Christmas time um, and, you know, Getting it printed, getting all the, you know the stuff shifted around the world at the moment to actually pull it all together, then load up all the boxes, um, and yeah, one of my tasks tomorrow is to work on the second revision of the book. Nice. So, uh, although it's just adding a little bit, the, the current book is perfect in every way and shape and form. Don't worry, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Just, I'm just adding a few words here and there. But um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, so we're looking to the future and looking hopefully to do more of these as we go down uh, down the line. Um, yeah, we shall I- see what ideas the boss comes up with. It's nice. a great idea. I think yeah. so, so this is something that's going to stick around for a while, is it? Uh, yeah, we, we got our first batch in. We're just ordering the uh, this second batch of dry goods um, because it's taken off even better than we thought. Nice. Um, and, uh, yep, so we're just getting the second lot in and second printing of the book and all that sort of business. And, yeah, we, we hope to have this standard around for a while until such a time as we decide that we want to change up the whiskies in it, at which point in time mm. we'll have a play. But we're also having other ideas for other packs like this because, you know, as I said, we don't want to go down the advent calendar route. There are other folks doing that and they're doing that really well. Uh, we happily sell their advent calendars. But for us, this is this is more our sort of thing. It's, it's more sort of like doing the educational side of things and bringing together themed sets. You know, you've seen our other sets we have on the website. We have these sort of perfect measure tasting sets. Love them. Um, one of the jobs that I end up doing is I, I do a lot of the writing of the inlays for those. So we have a little inlay card telling you about each whiskey, telling you, giving you tasting notes, but telling you about the set overall. And this is just the natural continuation of that idea, really. Whiskey! Um, what was the name of that book? Everything you need to know about whiskey, but are too afraid to ask. Well, here's a question for you. Okay, last time you were on 37, you gave our listeners a wonderful piece of advice. Don't buy people whiskey stones, no matter what you do. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, so because of your wisdom, I want to ask you something else that I've been wondering for a little bit. For a few weeks... Now the bars are opening up, right? Regardless of what the establishment says, is it socially acceptable to take your own tasting glass to a bar? Oh, that's a great question. <sighs> oh, dear me. Yeah, that's a... I understand maybe you're not allowed because of certain reasons, but in terms of like being socially acceptable in the Ooh. whiskey community. I would say that any bar where it would be acceptable to take your own whiskey glass is a bar that would have a good enough whiskey glass that you don't need to take your yeah. own whiskey glass. That's a the yeah. thing I keep, uh, the one I go to in town, everything yeah. comes in the tumbler. The other mm. day I wanted to try the new Angel's Envy and it came in a tumbler, like with this little bit in the middle and it didn't taste right. And I tried uh, just a simple Jameson's a few months back in a tumbler. Yeah. It didn't taste like Jameson's to me, you know? No. I, I love drinking whiskey out of a tumbler. You know, it, it's my standard when I'm not, nosy and tasting and you know and yeah. being analytical if it's not a special whiskey of some kind but yeah something like that a new, a, a new whiskey that you're not, you're not gonna get your hands on that much sort of thing a whiskey you really like and are used to in a in a nosing glass in those situations i would say ask for a wine glass or ask for a brandy glass or something like that ask for a different glass they'll have already but if you start pulling out your own glass there's a, a, a chance that you are very very quickly going to be no longer a friend of the establishment that's what i'm wondering yeah but like yeah. around around your mates as well at the table, are they going to think? Oh, who's, what's yeah, this they're, guy? Definitely, they're absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> but should you care? 
Should you care? Because I go to the, when I if I see something nice, I'm I'm just going to buy a single to see if I like it. But it doesn't. I want to be able to enjoy it, you know, and put it in a tasting glass and get the most out of it. Otherwise, yeah. I'm wasting my money a little bit, you know. I want to. No, I'm poking, poking for a wine glass, but if you, yeah, it's, if it's somewhere that's serving tumblers still, uh, but they're serving nice whiskey in them, then it's not really the sort of place it's going to understand when you pull out a Glen Cairn and go, oh, don't don't worry about me. Excuse me, have you got a pet? You know, that's, it's, it's, yeah, I, I say about the going around to your mates thing. Um, I have occasionally. I, I have sat on my shelf over there somewhere. I have a uh, a Glen Cairn sort of like padded case with two two engraved Glen Cairns in it. Does it look like this? Ah, you have one too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I have been known to turn up to people's houses with that, only for them to sort of face palm. And I take this to my parents I, every time I go home. I take yeah. this home. I, the, the main thing is I take it when I go and see my mum's my, my stepdad because uh, my dad's got a lot of tasting glasses but um, he sort of has worked in the edges of the drinks trade but my mum's stepdad like really nice booze so I bring down really nice booze to them and give them a, a nice glass and they sort of go we should get some of these glasses really shouldn't we <laughs> and they go back to drinking half pints of, of, uh, of box wine every now and again so you know it's <laughs> good yeah. box wine they've got good taste don't worry but um, no I would say uh, choose your audience carefully yeah. Yes. Basically, I'm turning into a whiskey snob. Is that what we're, we're uh, I think, kind of I coming think, to? I think I might be. I love that advice, though. The, the wine glass or a brandy glass yeah. is a great shout. That's such a, you know, you'll look a little bit like a dickhead, but not as much as turning up with your own glass. Yeah, it, it, when it comes to this, just like um, <laughs> p- politeness to an establishment, sort of turning yeah. up and saying, excuse me, your glassware is not adequate oh, for my needs. Yes. <laughs> there, there is an element of a, of a, of a back slap, back, yeah, backhanded slap to the face of your uh, of your server, and it's like, yeah, danger. Absolutely right. Shall we talk about this whiskey? Yes, which we almost finished it, so, which we yeah. have been supping on. Um, uh, yeah, I, I had nearly finished this as well. This uh, Ed, uh, uh, oh, no, not even going to try it. Billy, help me out. How do I? Pronounce I call this? it, and this is. Can we talk about this before we started? And I've already changed your mind. How I would have you know, Edradour and Edradour are the two different ways to hear people. I'm, I'm currently in an Edradour mood. I was definitely in an Edradour mood earlier on. Um, okay. I'm not entirely sure. Um, I've heard both of them. I keep on people think I should ask Andrew and Des, the guys who run the place, and uh, I never quite get around to it. Now Edradour is um, it's a little distillery um, near Pitlochry uh, in Scotland, in the Highlands, sort of southern-ish, middle-ish Highlands, southern Highlands, southern Highlands, yeah. Um, and it, for a long time, it was uh, Scotland's smallest distillery. And then all the other small distilleries started, and now they've become Scotland's little gem. Oh, um, <laughs> and they also built a replica of the distillery on the other side of the river that runs through the middle of the distillery. So they now have double capacity because oh. they needed it, because stuff like this, and this is very specifically this sort of whiskey. This is a heavily sherry Edredale. It is a single first fill sherry, but um, it's matured for 11 years. It's a 2008 vintage. It's still 28th of November, bottled on the 8th of May 2020, uh, 11 years old. And we've been working with the guys at Edredown because they're also the folks who run Signatory Vintage, the uh, independent bottler. Um, and Sakina's been working from, with them basically since he's been working with any whiskey company. And I went up on our first buying trip for a long time. We went up to Edredown and it's my, my one time being on a buying trip. And so me and my former colleague, Tim, uh, who who was now retired to Italy, as one does. Um, he uh, yeah, he writes for other whiskey companies now, so he doesn't count. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, he uh, he and I wander around the warehouses with Andrew and Des and Ollie Chilton, who now runs Elixir Distillers, mm-hmm. uh, and Sikinder, trying these incredible whiskies out of these casks. And we just tried a couple of the more 1974s, as you do. Why not? And they said, uh, oh, do you want to try some uh, Edredar? I was like, okay. Just being polite, you know. Because <laughs> Edredar had this really bad reputation for being quite soapy and a bit butyric and not great. And he pulled out basically one of these whiskies, but uh, like six, seven years old, something like that. And we all try, <laughs> what's this? Wait a minute. And uh, so we bought that cask immediately um, and bottled it. And people didn't buy it because as well as Edgedale, I don't like that. And then people bought a bottle, tried it, and then bought another one. And that sort of went through. We bought another one. That went a little bit faster and a bit faster. And now Edgedale are well known for producing these great sherried whiskies. And they've got a bit of a following. Yeah, they had lots of tourists turn up. And I've got lots of little Edgedale glasses from every time my dad drove anywhere nearby. Um, he would pop in and buy me a bottle of whiskey in a glass, um, not realising <laughs> I disliked the whiskey quite intensely. Um, <laughs> but I've got a lot of Edgardair glasses, so uh, keep my toothbrushes in uh, in one of them. But oh, um, perfect. yeah, they um, they really changed the way of the spirit. Ever since um, uh, Andrew took over, he's been slowly changing, slowly understanding the distillery better and working with its character to create something that's actually now really very, very good. From these sherried ones through to the other various finishes and sort of like ones which display more distillery in there as well so properly a distillery to watch and now there's a smoky whiskey as well called uh balekin or balekin or balakin or however you want to pronounce oh, it oh yeah we've seen that have we had that one nick i think i've had it it was in an it was in an advent calendar <laughs> yeah you were i've had that <laughs> i had so. it in an advent calendar it was amazing yeah really good smoky whiskey and for me yeah Sakinda put a bottle on my desk when it came out and said try that you'll like it i just didn't get around to it and it's like I told you you'd like it. Why have you not drunk the whiskey I've recommended? Eventually I tried it and ended up writing a blog post about how much I loved it. Um, and then went down to the shop one weekend, um, the whiskey exchange shop, and they said, do you want to give us a whiskey of the month? It's like, yep, there you go, Balak in 10. There we go. Uh, fantastic stuff. And we got, um, along this edge of we've got a uh, Black Inn as well. Uh, another, I think it's one refill sherry, the uh, the Black Inn we've got. So two different sides of the distillery, looking at sherry casts, one with smoke, nice. one without. Absolutely fantastic whiskeys. So this, what we're having today is exclusive to the Whiskey Exchange. Yep, as selected by Sikinder himself. Um, Lovely. And uh, bottled for us. This is a, a one that took a little while to bottle because for some reason, beginning of last year, people were busy with stuff. I can't can't quite remember what it was. Stuff going on, I hear. <laughs> but yeah, so it took a little bit longer than we were hoping for. But um, ended up being bottled in May and uh, went live at the beginning of this year. So it took a good sort of six, seven months to work its way through. Um, but yeah, but went live in February and yeah, it's been selling rather well. But also it's a butt, so there's 700 bottles of it. So uh, yes, there's a little bit of it about. Yeah. But I still, am loving this. This is... Um, we're, oh, we're, we're, we're gonna absolutely we're, gorgeous. We're going to release the price later once we've tried the other one um, because I, I want to guess which one's more expensive. But this has got so much flavour to it. It... Raisins all over it. I'm getting raisins, yeah. so much raisins, which is fairly obvious, I guess. The dried fruits with the sherry kind of kind of makes sense, but um, it's 58.3 percent according to this uh, the, the bottle yeah. that you wrote, yep. the sample bottle, and it didn't feel that way. I know you, you said they're heavy and that they're beasts, but it didn't feel that strong when I was drinking it. Um, it went. It was really quite pleasant to drink. In, in in that regard, like didn't burn too hard. It it, it had texture, but mm-hmm. it didn't. Uh, 
I'm going to go the other way, Dave. Didn't for me, ruin it. it's for me. I need some water. You needed it's a water bit with strong it. Strong for me. Interesting. I haven't done it yet. I just wanted to see what notes we had first. But I need a bit. What? It's a bit pokey for me. I had half of it without the water, right. and I loved it. I added the water, and with the water, it comes a bit sweeter for sure. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, it's still I, lovely at this strength. For me, I would it's just like a bit it pokey. It's one of those things with sherry cask whiskies. You have to be careful when you add water. Sometimes they just fall to pieces a little bit and become a little bit incoherent. This one works. It, you know, it's not quite whiskey cordial. You can't quite sort of like you know, <laughs> smack it down to uh, lemon yeah. squash levels. But <laughs> it can take a good slug of water. And yeah, it's it gets sweeter. For me, it gets a little bit more um, sort of spiced sponge cake with fruit in it rather yes. than dark fruit cake. There's, yeah, okay. There's, there's a, a fruitcake spectrum in my mind, and oh. it, this moves it along the spectrum of fruitcake. Okay, that's lovely water for me. That's that's lovely. Just as a little yeah. splash. Takes the edge off. Oh, wow. Spicy. Yeah. I've got a bit of floral. Don't know what kind of flower, but some sort of floral note in there. Yeah, and that being um, the spirit, yeah, poking its way out a little bit, because while it is really, with these whiskies, one of my problems with them often is that they do hide the distillery character and if you've ever heard me talk about whiskey i love the taste of a distillery itself yeah. not mm. the spirit the underlying spirit is important but these casks do often swamp them these are the exceptions these are generally really good casks and the spirit has enough weight to hold up to them but there is something sort of a little bit floral to it yeah I, again it's not a particular oh yes i can pick out honeysuckle it's, it's more mm. of a there is something flowery in here a little bit meadowy that side yeah. of things as well as that big rich sherry cask Worm tubs were involved in this as well, wasn't it? Am I right? I was um, looking at their beautiful distillery earlier. Or something yeah, I'm, look try, at I'm it. trying to remember all the different things. They, they have a Morton cooler, I know that, um, which is this weird thing. Rather than mm. doing a, a plate heat exchanger, which is what most people have, um, which I will not explain now because that's really boring and geeky. But they have this weird thing, which I've, I've seen advertised in the back of old whiskey books from like the 1880s and 1890s. And they had to get another one made when they built the new distillery because they didn't want to yeah. change anything. So they had to get this thing custom-built, this weird old-fashioned heat exchange to cool stuff down. But it wouldn't surprise oh. me to have worm tubs. This is not the sound of me leaning to pick up my little book which tells me everything about whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> but for, 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 those who, for those who know, uh, uh, Ingvar Ron's Malt Whiskey Yearbook is the thing which sits by my desk at all times, just in case. Um, he's not looking at right, right yeah, now. I'm obviously not looking at it right now. but um, Just in case, he's a friend of mine. He's in insurance, isn't he, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I believe he is. Two stills in each distillery are attached to a worm tub on the outside. There we go, yeah, worm tubs. It, yeah. it says so in my brain, not in this fantastic book that everybody <laughs> yeah. should buy. There's one of those books that so- comes out every year, doesn't it? Like, yeah. there's an update. Talking about books, you know, I, I have on my shelf somewhere, I've got all of them for like the last 10 years, and I keep on meaning to buy the ones before that it's really interesting to see how they've changed and how they've updated you can sort of see the history of how the whiskey industry has changed over the years um it, it does mention both uh, the whiskey exchanges blog and my blog so obviously the book's great but um <laughs> even though i write very little myself for my own one but it's you know again for learning bits and pieces about whiskey and exactly that sort of thing of oh do they have a worm tub it's literally it's by my desk. I pick it up, go flickety-flick, boom, yeah, it's got worm tub, continue writing. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And uh, Ingvar is a really lovely chap as well, if you get a chance to meet him. He's uh, a proper guy who loves whiskey, who loves writing about it. I think I tried to buy one and it was sold out. Maybe I was just trying to buy last year's one or something like that, but there was. Some, I remember trying to buy one. It was around the time of the whiskey show and a, a few yeah. people mentioned how important these books are. Um, you know, he, he launches it around the time of the whiskey show every year. When we right. do our in-person ones, we normally get him along to sign a load of copies and nice. uh, sort of sit downstairs, be fed whiskey while 
people bringing in more whiskey to try and bringing books to sign. So yeah, we, we try and release it around. Signature's completely different by the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of this. And these Edgerdales, I'm not normally the biggest fan of massive sherry, but when it works well, and it's a good cask, and there is some spirit character left, like this one, yeah. it's a, a thumbs up from me. Oh, yeah. the colour was beautiful, and it mm. still is. I've still got a bit left, luckily. Yeah, a bit of water for me. Boy, that sponge cake, it was absolutely, ah, oh, lovely. The whiskey! Let's move on. Yes. Right, I've just looked at the label, and I realised that I, I said... Let me guess which one's more expensive, and this one should definitely be more expensive, just because <laughs> it's a lot older, but equally, I'm not going to let that influence my decision, because age doesn't always mean it's better, as I've tried to learn this year. Uh, but this is a 24-year-old Aaron, uh, yep. which is an island whiskey, right? Yeah, so Aaron uh, is an island. Um, if you go around the coast from Glasgow, and then jump over the sea a bit, you'll get to Aran. It's between the Mull of Kintyre and uh, the mainland. And I've been going there since I was a kid. Um, I, When I was a little boy, I used to go there and we'd go on the, the Waverley, a paddle boat steamer type thing. Oh, Although yeah. I'm fairly certain that these are all false memories now and I don't actually, I never did any of it. <laughs> but, but there was a castle and, you know, I was very, very tiny. But no, Aran opened up in 95, I think. I'm not even looking at the book now. I'm actually just from my brain. Um, so 96, this is pretty much there really early days of production they've just released their own 25 year old um they are you know really this is the the cutting edge of how old you can get an aaron to be and one of the things about aaron back in those days was they were not necessarily the best when it came to keeping records about what casks were so the Ooh. first thing i'll say about this whiskey before we try it is are we i don't know what sort of cask this is right we have a good guess me and the boss and everybody else have sat around and had a try of it and gone you think we know what this is, but we oh. don't actually know. We've asked Aaron, and they've said we can take a guess, but we don't know. Don't know. It's like a it's like a tin can with no label. It's like what's inside. <laughs> don't know until we open it. Yeah. Except we do know it's whiskey, and we it, do yeah. know it's from Aaron. That's literally it. We just don't know what type of pasta shape it is. Can so. I ask you about Aaron? So I was having a, look yeah. a little look at the website earlier. Is Aaron a distillery, or is it a name at the, where they release? whiskies from a couple of distilleries because i only found right. Loch ranza and lag on the island indeed at the aaron distilling company whatever the official company name now own two distilleries right. they did have one distillery which was the distillery at Loch ranza um, and they recently opened a distillery at the other end of the island uh, in a place called lag so lags focusing on peatier styles of whiskey whereas Loch ranza is focusing their normal their own sort of fruitier style, style of whiskey with no smoke in it and so Aaron now has these two distilleries and produces whiskey, but they are, if it says Aaron on it, it's from La Carranza. Right. And that's not only because Lag isn't three years old yet. Um, they'll, they'll decide okay. what to do with the brand once they actually have whiskey, but not quite there yet. But yeah, it's um, a distillery which I've always been a fan of. Uh, back when I, before I started in the whiskey industry, I remember buying some bottles of um, sort of the Aaron's at the time I'm trying to remember what the name of it was it the Rowan tree and uh, all these other sort of named after a bunch of animals and those are now worth horrific amounts of money and I used to just buy them and drink them and yeah. uh, Scotch Royal Whiskey Society <laughs> used to have a whole range of really young Aaron's including one which described the colour as iron brew which I bought a number of <laughs> bottles of and you know have since uh, you know exactly what colour that is oh, it's so <laughs> vibrantly orange and uh yeah, I ended up buying some bottles of it off auction as well. I, I long loved their whiskies and um, their brand ambassador, Mariella, it's a friend of mine I used to work with. Uh, she worked at the Whiskey Exchange shop. 
at the SMWS where I did ran tastings with her. And uh, then she came back and worked for Elixir Distillers as um, an ambassador there before uh, going on to Aaron. And yeah, she's got some great whiskies, which she has let me try on occasion. And uh, yeah, they, they're making great stuff. And with the introduction of Lag, even more interesting stuff down the line. Mm. But we, we've worked with them for a long time. We've done a, a load of different exclusive bottlings with them. But this one, we wanted something a bit different. And one of the things, again, unfortunately, these two whiskies we're trying don't really sort of show the normal whiskey exchange way of doing whiskey, which is that we want to taste the distillery. But every now and again, we'll try one where Skin will just go, yeah, don't care so much. This is really good. And we reckon this is a wine cask. I was just about to say that. I was just about to say, I think yeah. this is from a wine cask. We reckon red wine. Um, it has a load of the notes we normally get from red wine. It doesn't. It doesn't really feel like a sherry cask. And even the color, the color doesn't look quite right for a sherry cask. It's mm. a bit of an oranginess to it. Again, that lovely Aaron oranginess I sort of mentioned with my, my other one. Yeah. But that is something about it. On the nose, I was getting this orangey walnut vibe. Yeah, it's just. I'm getting quite a bit of tannin on my tongue as well, which I yeah, usually get yeah, from def- red, wine red wine cask yeah. as well. When I'm then tasting it, and the taste goes on forever, and there's so many layers to it, but I definitely was getting this... Taste for days! Yeah, it's like a nutmeg, and then it felt like I was in a pub, in a really old pub uh, that had a fire going, and it just kept on delivering more and more different things. So It's very, I, it's very comforting. Very yes, one, really it? comforting. Absolutely very comforting. This is yeah. an experience, this whiskey, I would say. It really is. And again, you know, Sikinder and I don't normally like wine casks. That's probably, Sikinder doesn't like wine casks. And I've now been, you know, basically a hostage for so long at the whiskey exchange. I've come to accept <laughs> that his opinions on whiskey are right. But um, <laughs> I always sort of say about wine casks, and I, I may have even said this last time I was on, it was, you know, I don't like wine casks. Apart from the ones I like, and I really like yeah. them, it's literally a love-hate. There's nothing in between, really, for wine casks. And this is one which I wasn't sure of. Right. I've had to, it's awful. I've had to try it so many times over the last couple of weeks. Isn't my life awful? Um, <laughs> because I just really wasn't sure about it. It, it sits there on this, sort of, this dividing line for me of, does it do the right thing? Does it not do the right thing? And today, it's doing the right thing. It has, as you say, that... Sort of, like that sort of jammier stuff, those sort of fruity things that are orange mm. on the front. There's jam. But then yeah. the tannins for me today are really in check. They are there and they're providing structure rather than getting in too much. And sometimes for me it feels too much, other times not. And the wood and the spice and then the fruit and it just lingers and lingers. And I can taste Aaron in here as well. And that's the, the other thing for me is it doesn't all disappear. There are some fresh fruity notes in here which are not from the cask. Right. And... Yeah, those are the things which I remember from Aaron. There's a fruitiness in there, sort of candied fruit, which I love from from Aaron's, and that's in there. Um, I'm very yeah. pleased because I, I had no idea before I put it in my mouth what I was going to think about it because it re- really is a whiskey that's divided people I know and has divided me on occasion. But it's one that I generally come down on the side of, yeah, I like that. Yeah. How many uh, bottles are you releasing of this? Uh, this 273 in total. Um, it's and not many, is it? We are currently... As- as of recording, we are sold out. Oh, um, right. We will, of course, have some more because we didn't bring the entire cast down. So we thought, you know, why take all of it out of bond and pay all the tax on it now? Oh, just trickle through, you know. We're not going to sell 160 bottles in the first couple of... So we, we sold 160 bottles in the first couple of days. <laughs> and um, I was speaking to some, some friends of mine the other day down the uh, Scottish Royal Whiskey Society, and uh, they said, oh, yeah, we all of our friends have bought one. Everybody we know has bought one. It's, it's, mm. There's a whole 
run of these errands at the moment that people are just jumping on. Um, and I'm about to organize a sample spot with one of the guys who I, uh, I'm having a chat with. He's like, I've got, I've got my one. Do you want, do you want, do you want to have a try? And this is really nice. They are really yeah. picking up a little bit of attention because this is, as we say, you know, about as old as you can get, Aaron. They've done the around 25-year-old. Yeah. There is a little bit older than this, but this is... Do I even have the dates? Um, just trying to find out. Distilled in... What, 7? August? Yeah. July. July. Yeah, 19th, 19th of July, 2000. And here we go. Uh, 1996. Um, and it Good was bottled year. fairly recently. Um yeah, and 24 years old. So, yeah, it's about... So, they've been bottled, yeah, fairly recently. But, yeah, it, it's, it's old. It's Aaron still dis- distinctively. It's a weird cast that we just don't know. But we, we're fairly sure from the character of it. Yeah. And it really delivers. The- I'm really impressed with that. Yeah. Um, I was looking earlier on. One thing I like, I think I'm correct in this. Please correct me if I'm wrong. But it's the only bottle I've ever seen with Braille on it. Is that correct? Yeah, Aaron did a complete rejig of all of their whiskies um, a couple of years back, and they decided that part of that would be that they're going to put Braille on every single label. Nice. So all of their labels now they've got a lot, and I've got a, a label proof here for our, our whiskey, so you can just check what the details were. And the label proofs are now ridiculously complicated because every single raisin texture is a different colour, and then all the different foiling, all the different textures. They also have an overprint in shininess. Yeah. Just like with shiny glue almost over the top of it. Oh, really, wow. really complex labels. But within that, they do have a section of Braille on every single one saying some stuff about it. That's great. Nice. And um, and do you recommend adding water to this one or is it one that shouldn't happen? This is this is one to be careful with. Um, I've not tried it much with water, but again, wine casts like sherry casts can and, often sort and, of lose a little bit of integrity. Um, but I think this one should ooh, be able to hold it ooh. together. It's got that cakiness again from that. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. These are lovely. I'm going to add a little bit of water. Yeah, a little bit of water. Don't add too much. Mm-hmm. I can that's I can feel that already with the amount I put in there. It's starting to just like pull apart the seams a little bit. But a little bit of water, take the edge off, open it up a little bit. That works wonders. Really changed it quite a lot as well. Um I've lost a lot of that fruitcake thing, but I'm getting a lot more of the sort of minty mentally sort of vibes I get yeah. towards the finish. Absolutely. It reminds me, I've recently spent a large amount of money on buying um, licorice off a, off a website, and uh, part of that, they, uh, they sent me a kilo bag of pogs. You know, the little, the, uh, the pink and blue <laughs> pogs. ones. Oh, a kilo of pogs lasts for a surprisingly long time, and this has got a little bit of that pogginess in the uh, um, in the finish. And as a big fan of the pog, I am not complaining. <laughs> Hang on, what pog are you talking about? As in the little bobbly thing, the little bobbly licorice also. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I was thinking about that old, like, the those discs. Why are you in a pog for? Spog. Spog, not pog. Sorry, I got the name of it wrong. Spog, so I do believe. Spog. Okay. I was confused. Just checking. Says... <laughs> yeah, probably spog. Um, I don't know. Anyway, the, the, the blue and pink bobbly things. I know the yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the ones which I always steal because nobody else likes them. Those ones. It's got a little bit of that to it as well. Yeah, there's definitely some mint in there now, which I didn't pick up before, which I'm really picking up with. Just a couple of drops of water have brought that out. Mm. Yeah, I was getting it already, but it's, it's something that I, I often look for in this type of whiskey because the wine casks and sherry casks, you often do end up getting sort of like minty, mentally, sort of licorice sort of thing. 
I often find it also in things like uh, American rye whiskies, lots and lots of mint and menthol and those really leafy sort of notes. People talk about yeah. spice in rye and I always find those weird green notes in there as well. I often find it in sherry casks. I find mint in Lagavulin sometimes, Ooh. actually. Yeah, yeah, definitely the, um, uh, b- 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 the sort of younger, sort of punchier, fresher ones. But yeah, Lagavulin 16, definitely yeah. sometimes a bit of mintiness hiding in there. Oh, there, yes. Cool. Well, these are fantastic. Dave, do you want to have a go at these prices? Well, I, I think I've got to stick with the, my, my guess with the age thing, that the Aaron is definitely going to be more expensive. And the fact yep. there's less bottles of it around would it also indicate that it should be more expensive. Basic supply and demand, that, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with... It, this tastes really expensive. I think the the Erdredauer... Erdredauer... Edredor is £65 to £80, somewhere in that region. Yeah. And the, the Aaron is probably a lot more. It's going to be, pl- it's definitely 150 plus. So I'm going up to 195 maybe. Am I anywhere near? Oh, Nick, do you, do you want to reveal the, the, uh, the prices or shall I do this from revealing? No, you do it. That's why we got you. The uh, <laughs> it's more exciting. Make, make, make me work. I see. Um, <laughs> I don't do this to talk. That's why we get people on. Um, the edge dart is uh, eighty quid a bottle. Oh, so that yeah. is the, the 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 upper end of your, your your thing. Again, this is the perils of sherry cast at the moment. Sherry cast whiskey is hella pricey, and the Aaron is one nine nine. So I was pretty close with both of those. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah. But I, again, for. I don't know what Aaron would charge you for their own 25-year-old, but, um, yeah, for the amount of whiskey there is of this. And, you know, I, I thought this was a good price for it. Um, it seems the speed it, sell, uh, it sold you could the other have, week. You could maybe, have, yeah, you could have. <laughs> shoved an extra tenner on if you wanted to. <laughs> but, um, but, no, the, for what it is, these are absolutely solid prices. These Edgerdows, again, um, they don't fly off the shelf, but they sit there for a while. And if you're after a really big sherried whiskey, it's what I've been recommending to people recently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's been a, a number of folks who have popped up after the older ones have disappeared and gone. Um, I want another one of those. Do, do, do you have any? Do you have any more of that one? It's like no, it sold out six months ago. So, are you sure you don't have any more of that? <laughs> and uh, the answer in one case was yes. The boss just found a bottle and literally just put it back in stock. You are very lucky. But most of the time, it's uh, yes, we do have some. That is the boss's personal stash. He will be drinking that. Sorry. <laughs> It's what Sam Simmons said to us recently that a whiskey isn't successful unless someone comes back and buys a second bottle. Yeah, you haven't sold yeah. a bottle. Well, yeah. This is my, my standard measure of all things in um, the spirits world, or pretty much everything, is if you, you can sell a bottle, selling a bottle is easy. You know, you, people will just buy a bottle to be friendly. Get them to buy a second bottle, that's the, that's the difficult bit. And yeah, Sam mm. and I have discussed this on a number of occasions in the past, and yeah, it's selling that second bottle of the same thing. That's when you know you're... Uh, you're, in the you're right doing place. something, yeah. Doing something right, right. Well, Billy, obviously, we're gonna we're gonna talk to you a little bit more for a Patreon extra. But right now, let's wrap this up. Thanks so much for coming and joining us and sharing these two beautiful whiskies with us, and Thank you. letting us know what you've been up to because that was absolutely fascinating as well. And good luck with the the release of the books or your book, and then uh, the whiskey exchange book. And also, I really want to get stuck into this these twenty whiskies, Nick. I don't know about you. I have yeah, to figure out what we're doing a, there. That might be a next invoice getting paid treat. Yeah, perhaps. thinking, thinking, um, thinking the same. Thinking the mm. same there. Yeah, uh, we could do a special just on that for sure. Um, anyway, or we could do tw- we could do twenty shows on it, Nick. Think about we it. We've <laughs> so got enough samples under this bar. <laughs> exactly. Good lord. 
Uh, anyway, anyway, thank you so much, Billy. Really appreciate it. Cheers, Billy. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Why they ever let two Englishmen have a whiskey podcast, I'll never know. And of course, you can watch the full uncut video of that chat with Billy on our Patreon page. That's going to go up the day we release the podcast. And in a couple of days, probably over the weekend, I will also put up the bonus video of an extra whiskey, which we recorded. Uh, we those two, Yeah, bell I mean, Blair. these two whiskeys we just had are incredible. That the Aaron and the Eridor, amazing. Erdador, Edrador, <laughs> can't read. Can't talk. Indoor? No, that's where the Ewoks are from. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. They were incredible whiskies. Super amazing whiskies. Very. I'm very pretty nice. sure both of us preferred this one for the Bow Blair, which is in in the uh, <laughs> going to be the Patreon bonus podcast. So, yes. uh, definitely a reason to sign up. Also, Nick, I'm going to bring this up now, right? I'm going to bring this up. You're altering the script. I am, Nick. I'm altering the script you, while we're talking about allowed. Patreon. And, and patreon.com forward slash whiskey and things is the way to get involved. And there's there's different ways you can get involved on there. And we are doing another Patreon live show. We've just decided today uh, for our 75th show. Oh, yes. So if you sign up before July the 18th, you will be able to join us for that. And I will be sending a message about that very show. July uh, the 18th. Wow. That's going to come up very quickly. It's going to come around quick. Yeah, it's only a few weeks away. So... Uh, yeah, if you want to come and join us for that, please do. I haven't decided what whiskey we're going to drink, but we'll let you know as soon as we have. Yep. Hopefully we might have some guests. We haven't decided yet either, because we've, we've yeah. decided this this afternoon, everyone. Uh, there's normally but, guests. Um, there's normally something normally going guests. on. <laughs> there's normally uh, guests. And also, uh, we're, we're working on a little something for our Patreons for the 75th show. I nearly said 75th anniversary. I'm like, I'm not that old. I know I feel old, but I I'm am. not quite that old. Uh, mm. But of course, you can, uh, going back to Billy, and Billy, well, wasn't he just delightful? Billy Wonderful. is delightful. I love speaking to Billy. Me too. Uh, it's just, I could just, yeah, ask him anything, and he'll give you all the information, and that's what I love, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no. He, he knows his stuff. And he he's does know his stuff. Great sense of humour as well. Lovely guy to spend some time with. And you can find all about him and the Whiskey Exchange and all the things we've spoken about today in the show notes or on our website. So check the show notes. Certain certain podcast providers provide show notes really well. You click on the episode below, you'll see all the links. Some of them not so well. If you're looking for the links, you can always just go to our, our website, which is yeah. whiskeyandthings.com. If you're unsure when we say show notes, go there. They always go up uh, and you can click on anything through that. And as well, in the description as well, because these are from Whiskey Exchange, if you fancy purchasing any of these whiskeys, if you click on any of the links in the uh, description, there'll be, uh, it's kind of like an affiliate link. You'll be helping out the show at the same time. Anything um, you buy by clicking one of our links, not just that whiskey, anything else no. you buy on that site helps us out. So, it uh, does. Yeah. yeah. Books, whiskey, gin, champagne, but yeah, <laughs> Father's Day uh, gifts, engine gin. Engine gin, go to that. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so all socials for Whiskey Exchange and Billy Abbott are in the uh, in those show notes. Why do I keep notes. forgetting the name show notes? Anyway. Show notes. Notes. Anyway, the angels have had their share. And you've had yours, Dave. Good Lord. <laughs> Calm down. Have. Calm Man, down, will you? So much. So much. So cheers. cheers. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming. coming. Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.